Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Sweetwater. If you're looking for a new best friend that is going to help you in your buying experience and send you sweet, delicious treats, then go hit up Sweetwater and sign up for a Sweetwater rep because they are going to quickly become your new best friend on the internet. Uh, they're going to send you emails for Christmas and your birthday, and they're going to know the names of your pets. Is that true, Steve? The first part I think is true. <laughs> I have not talked to Abraham about my pets yet, <laughs> but maybe I will. Maybe I should. You know what? Robert hasn't asked me about my pets, and I'm glad he hasn't. Because you, know? you don't have any? He knows that there's a line in between a business and a personal relationship, ah. and he hasn't crossed it. And that's called respect. And that's what you get from Sweetwater, guys. I've got goldfish. No big deal. Steve thinks I don't have pets. I've got pets. I feed them every day. Where are they? They're in the backyard, dude. Those don't count as pets. They're on my property. I feed them by uh, hand. All right. Those are my pets. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Back in the saddle again. We forgot to do it last week. Yeah, I think we forgot to do it a couple times. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this whole new format we're exploring where we've made very slight tweaks to things no one else will notice. That throw us way off. This first ad was sent in by Joshua Daly. It's a five-string bass. Five-string bass guitar with custom paint, sterling bass. So the first thing I have here is he spells bass, and then he says sterling bass, and I like, and he spells it like B-A- se and all i can think is is he trying to say like the base of the guitar so like the platform of the oh. guitar is like sterling silver is no i'm saying sterling is the brand like this was a, a sterling Are you saying that it started out as a sterling and that's the base of the concept right so it's like if i had a squire stratocaster and then i i chop shopped it a little and reshaped some of the body and whatever whatever i would say Electric guitar, Stratocaster style guitar with custom paint, Squire bass. I feel like you'd say Squire based, not Squire bass. But Squire based makes it sound like you got the idea from it. Like Stratocaster based would yeah, make me think that's... that it's like based on the idea of a Stratocaster versus the base product was we're really getting into the weeds with semantics the real here. thing here is that this is a blue guitar with a red flamey whatever whatever they're trying to do this is a, a zelda theme right with the yeah the, the triangles uh, i don't understand like this bright blue i feel like is kind of actually mildly offensive like this color scheme Wait, is kind what? of <laughs> i keep hearing that millennials are offended by everything but the color blue steve that's what you're offended by? I think the overall aesthetic of this guitar is, is designed to offend people who have <laughs> any sense of like what colors go together, what things should look like. I'm searching for Zelda Triforce to see if there's any sort of link to this color here. There's, I mean... They, I mean I'm just seeing the Triforce. I'm not seeing the color blue associated with it anymore. No, because the Triforce is three golden triangles. I know. I, the red pickguard kind of goes in with this graphic here with like the red bricks 
I thought the red was just supposed to be like a backing flame, like it's a like a torch behind it. Yeah, I hope that's something. not supposed to be fire because it looks like very sad fire. Give me fuel, give me fire. I thought it was just supposed to be kind of like a random, like Maybe. torn out shape. This would be better if it was supposed to be like something, and then um, yeah, the, and then the pickups were like a mouth. <laughs> that would be pretty funny with a. Uh, one of these Music Man style bases, like I like I would like if there were two big eyeballs on the pit guard. Like if this was a Pac Man themed uh, guitar, but that was like a ghost. Yeah, yeah, that could be uh, a it ghost. was like a ghost pit guard with so that as the mouth. They've made ma- major modifications to the shape of this guitar's body and headstock. Yeah, and this is, I mean, fully a custom pit guard here with this you know flame torn out kind of look they're going for. Um, I don't really get if there's any references to Zelda with these shapes that they've done, or if this is just, you know, like a high school, school like woodshop project. I feel like there's not. Because the headstock is just kind of bananas, right? Yeah, it's. Look, it, did you it's even see. Like it's kind of eagle esque. Did you see the carves in between the tuners? Yeah. The whole thing is carved up. Like someone got a scroll saw for Christmas, is what's going on here. I think there are elements of this where they're just like, oh, you know what would be cool here? It would be body contours and, uh, you know, some kind of like... Uh, I have to kind body, of... I, all I see is body contours. They don't mean anything. This actually reminds me of the LTD yeah, I have, bases. I have to admit, I kind of don't hate what they did to the top and lower horns of the body. Like, it's kind of a look that works in a creepy metal sort of way. It's just funny that this is painted bright Lego blue. The headstock, I cannot get behind. They've done a bad, bad thing to the headstock. Yeah, I, yeah. Anytime there's a bottle opener shape on anything, I just think it looks bad. And that even goes for like high-end boutique guitars that are around where they do like the hook on the end of like a Strat headstock. Yeah, they're totally doing that yeah, LTD thing. LTD F204. This is I'll just, have to look at that picture This is just a... But yeah, the, the headstock yeah. is is a big disaster, especially with those little carves in between the the tuners. I'll have to do a close up. On I that. could see like that headstock design, not this specific headstock design. It's almost like you have a theme there, but you just didn't go anywhere with it. It's like if you had a if you wanted to have a Ghostbusters theme guitar, right? And so you just slapped a Ghostbusters on there had that would be cooler like a ghostbuster sticker well if you so, put a ghostbuster sticker on a black guitar i'm be like oh yeah that's a ghostbusters guitar now <laughs> you don't have to do anything else <laughs> but like maybe you do yeah is are the ghostbusters just a little more like color color universal all colors are ghostbusters colors yeah, i think so i mean that i mean their official colors are just like drab jumpsuits like i was gonna say their official colors are like red white and blue because they're because of so american because of ecto-1 like it's a white white car i realize it's just because it's an ambulance red and white is there blue it's red and white but i thought the the lights had there was like at least a couple blue lights nah i think they're just red man if you do red and blue then you're impersonating all right so like so like red and white like if it was a i would expect the ghostbusters theme guitar to be red and white or like green like a white guitar with a red Ghostbusters sticker on it, like you did it. Is it so Ghost- that's what I'm saying is like this guitar. If you if you removed the Triforce thing and slapped a Ghostbusters sticker on it, everything else is like 
relevant. Like nothing changes. It's just a guitar with a symbol from right. A, like the Triforce is, is the only thing that makes you think that this is supposed to be Zelda themed. Like you take the Trident off. Is that what it's called? The tri the Triforce. Triforce. You take the Triforce off, and like, there's nothing else here that's going right, to make you think right. Zelda, unless like something about these shapes is very specific. And I just I'm not getting it. Like I've ne I've never been a big Zelda guy. I've played the first. I mean, I'm scrolling through images, and I'm not getting any sort of You're connect. Right. I don't think there's an obvious connection. No, I played the first three games. My sister played the rest of them. Um, and between, I mean, there's all a that... little statue of Zelda, not of Link, of Zelda. I know that much about Zelda. <laughs> I'm that much of a nerd. Just all not... right, all right. I mean, this little statuette of Zelda. She's wearing a blue top with like a brownish red belt or whatever. So maybe that's like the reference. But it's that's like... not. The, that's a totally different color blue. There's, I mean, here's Zelda in blue. I mean, it, it's, that's like such a thin thing to grab onto. Is like, oh, sometimes he wears blue or she wears blue. No, that's li I, right, right. Uh, oh, you know, okay. I mean, I, when I think of of Link from the Zelda franchise, I think of him wearing green, but apparently blue is a thing that's worn as well. Blue, red, you know, there's a lot of different colors. Yeah, so maybe it is, I'm seeing a lot of blue now. Maybe it is just a, a rough connection to that, but... I don't know. That's the close. You know, thin. okay. So the closest thing I could possibly, maybe sort of, but you need to try a little bit harder because you're not really that close. Uh -huh. Would be um, Link's shield. Yeah, which yeah. is blue with like a red center point. But I, man, if they were trying to to do a theme around the shield. They should have gone way different with the pit guard shape, and they didn't need to do any of those carves at all because his shield is kind of a clean design. Yeah, I'm not saying... Didn't we see a, a Legend of Zelda shield guitar at some point? I don't know. Oh, no, I remember I was looking up videos on how to make stuff out of, like, crafting foam. Oh, okay. And I saw this whole video on how to make a Zelda shield out of crafting foam. That's mm. that's what I'm remembering. <laughs> close enough close when i'm enough, living my my crafting life guys you know me always at michael's and hobby lobby all right two hundred dollars i i mean it's a five string bass for 200 bucks someone might see this and get a huge boner for it because they're a legend of zelda fan or whatever gross i know uh and i don't think i could tell them to not buy an an olp bass for 200 bucks right well this is an olp it's a sterling oh it's a sterling i uh, thought it was olp no, it says. I mean, that, that doesn't change my argument. It's an OBO. What's an OBO? That's probably why are all the why is all, why are all these listings uh, guitar OBO? <laughs> Maybe that's why I got confused. Yeah, if it's a Sterling, then yeah, yeah, sure, two hundred bucks. As long as you're not planning to get any resale value out of this, because you're not going to. I mean, I would look at this, and if I wanted it, I would haggle down just because I'd be like, hey, man, this is weird, but I just need a five string bass, you know. And he'll not sell it to you because he's like, Zelda fans only. This is obviously a base only for Legend of Zelda fans. He's going to be like, what's your favorite Legend of Zelda game? And if you say Zelda 2, you're like, you're gone. Nobody's favorite game is the Adventure of Link. Yeah. Side scroller. No, get a, get no, the F out of here. No, thank you. I just learned things thanks to Steve. <laughs> I don't know much. I used to watch the cartoon in the 90s. <laughs> 
Well, excuse me, princess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, that cartoon. <laughs> um, so there was an article I read not recently, but it was a couple years old about how they were going to make a live action Legend of Zelda film. Uh huh. And basically the response was like, oh, and I forget what company bought it, but it was like some some comp- like production studio bought the rights to it sure and all the comments were like oh just wait till they f- realize that like the main character never speaks <laughs> but all i could think of was um was oh they should do a live action that's based on the an- like the personalities of the animated version which is of course why everybody right. hated the animated version right. because it was basically just like this los angeles like valley bro and this like super uptight like woman who's always trying to like push keep him serious and like boss him around. Right, right. It's like some dude bro and his mom. Suddenly I have a craving to watch the live action Mario Brothers movie. Eesh. <laughs> I you know, I think if that movie just existed and it was called like Sewer Guys. Sewer Guys or Sewer like, Guys have an adventure in dinosaur land instead of like adventures and babysitting it was like adventures and plumbing right right uh i you know i don't i think that movie would have been like okay ish yeah i don't think it was the worst i don't know maybe i just don't remember it as soon as you put that in the context of like oh no this is mario brothers like no why are the goombas all like 12 feet tall i remember the practical effects being pretty fun but i have not seen it since it came out I'm going to download it and I'm going to show it to my kid and he'll be like, why did you show this to me? <laughs> I think your kid would like it. <laughs> he probably would. Um, so what's new, Steve? Um, I got a couple of pedals. Uh-oh. Some of which I have played and others I haven't. This one, uh, no, I'll talk about that later. Oh, I'll talk about this real fast. Talk this about is the pedal so fast, I got Steve. from the uh, effects loop rally. So this is the Westminster effects Wycliffe fuzz. Nice. Wycliffe I, did or you, Wycliffe? I don't know which Wycliffe. I, I think Wycliffe. Are you waiting for the John one? Yeah, complete the set. That's the one I want. That's actually what, why I'm really uh, excited about this year's Super Bowl. Uh, maybe we can talk about that later. Sure, uh, uh, I'm sure to bring it up, Steve. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> positive. Uh, and then uh, this should be a future topic. Uh, and then this one, uh, the Ken- Canaglia. Canaglia. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, from Lollygagger Effects. So, Look at how um, big this boy is. Yeah, it's a big one. This that's all wood. It's super beefy. Um, what you it's got a nice tone to it, and it's not even plugged in. Oh, you gotta you gotta play it on the resonant side. Well, it's like you get two different sounds. That's good. All right. So anyway. Right there. Um, it's got uh, basically one control that uh, activates the pre and post, and then another one that controls the gain, and the gain varies the input voltage to like the whatever the clipping circuit is, the tra- yeah. thing, transistors. So it's like super versatile. It's like a two stage distortion, not like a ton of like like obvious tone controls, but there's a pretty wide range, and the bass uh basic distortion sound or the basic drive sound is like is really great hmm. it's really good i'm uh, interested uh, to hear what you think about it when you get to play around with it more yeah it's really cool and i'm interested to see how this it fits one is on, wood fits on your board and it's purple and that is actually the big question is how do i fit this on my board <laughs> because i have a pt junior and i already told this to uh sean uh who is the operator of lollygagger effects the man you the uh-huh. builder man yeah the builder man uh friend of the show 
Sure. Friend of the show, support of the show. He's pretty active yeah, in our he's Facebook a, group. Yeah, he's an active member of our group. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly 100% sure that he listens to the show yeah. or has listened to it. Uh, and anyway, he told me to buy a bigger board. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to put this on my board. He's like, well, buy a bigger board. You've got more than one board, right? I have one. Two. I have four boards right now, technically, but the fourth one I'm supposed to be selling. Just tape them together. <laughs> Jumbo mega board. Jumbo board. Voltron board. No. Yeah, form, which they, one's the lion's head? They all form together. Uh, you, your amp is the head. Duh. Um, okay. Uh, what do you got, man? <laughs> um, I've got a, uh, a Strymon Iridium on the way. I don't have it here yet, but it ships today, which is Thursday. Why and, don't they ship faster? It should be here by now <laughs> well, already. <laughs> here's the thing is I was not... I was seeing all the teases that they were going to come out with a new thing, and we even talked about it. We speculated what it would be on the podcast last week. Uh, you were right. I was, I was right. You were right that it was going to be you a were wrong. amp and cab simulator, not a mic simulator, by the way. I think that's interesting. Um, so I was sitting around listening to the Get Offset Who podcast. Who listens to microphones? I know, right? Uh, I was listening to the Get Off- Offset podcast, uh-huh. and Emily has been dipping her feet into doing demos. And she started talking about how she hit up Strymon, and they are sending her the thing, and she didn't say what it was because it wasn't announced yet. And I was right. like, dang it, if Emily's doing it, I should probably get one too. <laughs> I've tried not to like ask for demo stuff. I've tried to just wait for people to hire me. Right. But, I mean, there, it feels like there was enough energy and hype around this that I should check it out. It's been except you're going to be too late. You're going to miss the hype train. It's been three years since I covered a new Strymon pedal. I did the Riverside in 2016, uh, I think. Oh wow! It's been a while, and so I felt like it was long enough. So I hit up Strymon the day before the launch, and I was like, "Hey, I don't know what you're launching, but uh, if you want to send me a demo unit, I'll uh, I'll do some coverage of it." And they wrote back and were like, "Okay, we're going to send it out." tomorrow morning and then they did the best thing about that email exchange is even in that you're you said i don't know what it is but i want one basically yeah and they just said okay they didn't tell you what no, it is they didn't fill me in or anything they uh were very tight-lipped which i respect so good for them um but i'm excited to check it out um uh something people were telling me behind the scenes is before i knew what it was they're like oh it's something that you will use it's something that you have other products to compare it to mm. and that helped push me over the edge um, so yeah, I've been using the HX stomp for my live cab stuff. I've been, I've used the, uh, the next solid studio for live stuff. Um, so I've already kind of like had experience in that arena of running direct and trying things out and testing it. And I've got the, uh, the new Katana, the MK2, the Mark Knight, Matt, the Matt Knight 2. Matt Katana. Knight 2. <laughs> uh, which you can... Electric Boogaloo. Which you can plug in a, uh, a cab sim or a multi-effects like that and treat it like a powered speaker. Right. It has that jack in the back. So I'm excited to try it directly What does there. the jack in the back say? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I just wanted saying, to make a jack-in-the-box joke. I'm just saying because like the most amps... Excuse me, like a lot of amps have had that feature. I don't... No, it says like powered input or something like oh, okay. that. But it like it is for that purpose. Like it bypasses all the amp settings and all the tone settings of the katana, and you just get uh, volume control. Does you... the katana also have a separate effects loop? It does. the uh, The hundred watt does. 
Okay. So I could plug into one side of the effects loop, which is what you're talking about. Right. No, the Katana has a specific plug just for this. Interesting. Um, So I'm excited to test out that feature on the Katana and to see how the uh, Iridium functions with that. I'm also going to do some direct line tests off of it and headphone recording tests and stuff. And I'm excited. I'm excited to check this thing out. Are you going to do just a repeat of the one where it's like, this is what the Vox... uh, MV50 sounds like through headphones. <laughs> Somebody recently pulled that video up and was like, I, I can't hear anything. I think your video is broken. Like they didn't get it. That's the joke. Yeah, I did a test of a headphone amp and it was just me wearing headphones. There was no signal going through the video and you heard me playing unplugged. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I, YouTube lately has been tweaking their algorithm or something because I've, we've been getting all kinds of comments on old videos that we were not getting comments on before. So whatever do you, you're doing, YouTube, keep it up, I guess. Click, 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 click. Yes, click, 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 which is what Steve was trying to say. Click, 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 click. People are going to love listening to that. Uh, so, yeah, that's my what's new. Um, you want to talk a topic? No, I want to do sponsor. Oh, Sponsors. This week's sponsor is Chase Plus Audio. Makers of the generation loss, which you can't buy. Yeah, it's already sold out. Sold out like in two days or something like that. Was the generation loss was a a collaboration with Cooper FX on a VHS tape simulator? Something like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, Cooper FX is well known for making like kind of esoteric out there sounding pedals. I mean, right. Chase Bliss has sponsored with, I mean, not sponsored, collaborated with them before on things like the Dark World Reverb. They have uh, the more experimental side on there. Mm. And uh, it's cool to see Chase Bliss doing these small runs of things. I mean, small runs. It's like 1,000 pedals. Right. And they sold out in a couple days. So yeah, it's crazy. That's bananas. Anyway, if you want to... Uh, Good for you guys. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this an action item for Chase Bliss. We always say, like, go there, buy a pedal, whatever. But, like, Go follow their stuff. Just go, go on, go on their website and get on the mailing list. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's crazy how many small build, uh, small builders, medium builders, whatever, are doing these super limited runs now, like this. That yeah. Maybe you just want something super crazy, but you're like, eh, I don't really want like a just a delay or whatever. Like, I don't want the mood. Everyone's got a mood. Or you just want to be in the know. Yeah, you want to stand around the water cooler at work and be like, "You guys, uh, you guys, seen the new Chase Swiss pedal?" And everyone will be like, "What?" And they have to run back to their desk because they didn't know. They're you're not on a mailing list. You're working in a regular office. This is not a guitar-oriented job, but for some reason, everyone in the office talks guitar. It's cool. You've got a cool job. I like this scenario. Yeah. This is so, a good scenario. So go check out Chaseless Audio. Big thanks to them for sponsoring our content. Yep, Digital I Brain. I think for this whole year they've been at it. Longer. Analog. Art. They've been big supporters of us. Yeah. Good on you, Chase Bliss. We love you, boys. Go buy some stuff so we don't lose our sponsorship next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next topic was sent by us. us. We picked it. Ha ha, losers. Ha, gotcha. Uh, recently on the uh, ultimateguitar.com in, in, in an exclusive interview. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to get uh, these interviews. Paul Reed Smith was quoted as saying that uh, the yes average. How did he work? What was the word? Okay, so let's let's talk about the the grand scheme of the. They're talking about the, the overarching like theme of the interview was talking about 
kind of the cost of building guitars and like exploring new materials, woods and plastics and stuff like that. And then the thing that caught my interest and I got Steve on it because I knew he would be excited about it is because it's math. Cause there's this part where Paul is talking about inflation rates and stuff like that. And he does this weird wackadoodle thing that caught my interest and a few other people's interest in comment sections where he's like, in 1955, a $2,000 guitar would cost $2,000. I mean, it would cost $20,000 and $19,000 in today's money. Right. And everyone's like, what guitar was $2,000 in 1955? Like, it felt like he, like, slipped up on what he was trying to say. Because, like, normally people were like, oh, hey, I've got this $2,000 guitar here, and that sounds expensive. But if you go back to 1955, then you know, Les Pauls were 300, 400 bucks. Strats were 250, 300. Right. I think like, like 200, like a $250 guitar in 1955 would be like a $2,500. Like there's almost about a tenfold inflation rate. Right, right. And a lot of people use those examples to be like, hey, fenders, American fenders are actually cheaper now than they used to be. And the similar prices for uh, Gibson guitars and whatever. But it was so weird to hear him, or not hear him, but read him do this weird math gymnastics to end up with essentially a $20,000 guitar at today's value. And I, I think you had some hot takes on it, Steve. I don't remember how you got there, so maybe you can guide me through the process. Yeah, so the first thought is that, uh, so what my thought was, uh, so um, this is like an old that, school topic uh, for uh, us uh, because we actually chatted about it over IM before getting on the show to chat about it, which is I'm, how we I'm started. To find the art, the being actual... interested in doing this show is just chatting all day about dumb stuff. Yeah. So basically, the idea is that um, so the, the and they even put it as like this the subheader. So I almost feel like Ultimate Guitar is trying to throw them under the bus. Oh, they always are. That's what they do. Uh, UG exclusive. If in 1955 you purchased a guitar for two thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, then in 2019 that same item would cost nineteen thousand one hundred forty-six dollars. Now, item for item, that that's actually fairly accurate. And I, th I think right. like, I think like, basically like a Ford Mustang. Now Ford Mustangs are way expensive now, but I think a Ford Mustang in like in the night when they came out in like 1965, which is a decade later. Uh huh. But they were like five hundred dollars, and right. that works out to like thirty thousand dollars now, or whatever you know. Jeez. Um, but there's a thing in here where he talks about how. Uh, so this is the full thing. Uh, they, people says uh, the question from UG is one thing I always hear from young guitarists is the complaint about the cost of guitars and why they cost so much now. And then Paul says they're much less now. And a guitar and amp were a full month salary when they came out. The Strat was priced between an LP standard and a LP custom. Da, 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 whatever. And then he pulls out a computer and says, if you purchase a guitar for $2,000 in 2019, then in 2019, it would cost $19,146. So, oh yeah, I remember your angle now is you were going off his full month salary comment. Right. So he's saying, so it's weird because he says you can buy a guitar way cheaper than $19,000 from Fender Custom Shop right now. Half of that would still be around 9000 you can still get a custom shop fender for cheaper than that. But what's never really set up because it's talked about, you know, uh, earlier, like these different years or uh -huh. no, just talking about how it was a full month salary for these items. Um, and I think he says it's a full month salary to buy a guitar and an amp 
1955. Well, you know what's not different? If you are a average American, it costs a full, like a, about a third of a full month's salary to buy like, and I probably cost a, a full month's salary to buy like the cheapest American made guitar and amp. I don't even know if you could buy an American made amp for the average monthly salary. It depends on what kind of work you're doing. I mean, where does he come up with any sort of gauge of what a full month's salary is? It could be all over the map. Well, I'm just using like the but, base U.S. Census data that like the average American household is bringing in like fifty five thousand dollars a year. So then I guess like if it's a two income household, the average American is making somewhere in the neighborhood of like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars a year, which then breaks down to like two to three thousand dollars a month. This is really simple math, Ryan. So you're saying that the average American salary is two thousand dollars a month? I think that's what Paul is saying. Is that right now the average like salary in the United States is two thousand dollars a month, which sounds low. It sounds, sounds really that low. doesn't get you at fifty five thousand dollars a year. It doesn't. I'm saying the average household income is fifty five thousand. So the average oh individual like, per individual would be like probably closer to thirty because of the number. Of, you know, if the average household is fifty five, but how many women don't work? Because I mean, let's be honest. But anyway, I think he was trying to say that. The household income was two thousand dollars in nineteen fifty-five. I don't think that's accurate at all, though. It's that's, also I don't even think that's close to being accurate. It's also muddled, and like, like it just seems like a huge misspeak from him. Like he was, he did not accurately like get across the point he was trying to make. Because what? If, okay, but what if we thought about this? Which way? is like ultimate guitar gold. Like they just drool over that sort of thing, like a vague statement that could be misinterpreted. Because Okay, but think about this. Maybe, so he says a guitar and an I bet the guy doing that interview got hard when Paul said that. He's like, yes, that's ultimate guitar sting right there. Oh, he's, <laughs> oh, it's so vague. Oh, it couldn't mean anything. What if he's saying a guitar and an amp were a full month salary when they came out, and then he says, if you purchase a $2,000 guitar... Then in 2019, that same item would cost you 19000 Maybe he's saying that you should only be buying in 2019 $19,000 guitars. Is this a De Beers thing? Like you're supposed to spend three months salary on an engagement ring? Well, maybe he and thinks... Like, Paul's like, listen, guys, if you're not spending a full month salary on a guitar, what are you even maybe doing? Maybe in the Paul Reed Smith, Smith world, uh, the average American salary is $19,000 a month. Jeez. I mean, that's only like $250,000 a year, Ryan. I wish. I wish I could just be a little closer to average. <laughs> I mean, this would go very well with the you know the common perception that PRS guitars are just for... Uh, for rich dudes. Uh, blues doctors and, and rock, rock lawyers. Rock lawyers. <laughs> blues, rock, rock doctors and blues lawyers. Ska dentists. Ska dentists is my favorite. <laughs> no, I, you know... There are probably people who have definitely like have put it together that way, and are I mean, if, are if, running with the idea that Paul Reed Smith only hangs out with like people on like solidly on the millionaire track, and that his core audience, even though he's ex they've expanded their lineup to like the S two and the right. SE models, and you know they have a ton of guitars under the fifteen hundred dollar price point. If I made nineteen thousand dollars a month. I would own a PRS, even if it was just like on a whim. It'd be like, oh, yeah, I've got money for a PRS. I, I'd like to try a PRS out. I'd, I'd own one. 
like a proper one, not an SE or something like that. I feel like if if you're making nineteen thousand dollars a year and you're looking for a PRS, I mean, I guess I feel like if no, I'm nineteen thousand dollars a month. A month, sorry, yeah. If I made that much money a, a month, I feel like the bank would just give me a PRS. Like that's what they right, do, right? And and to that to that point, you know, there there is. Like you, you join know, the you join the right credit union and they send you a PRS when you it, it goes cash back and check. forth and, and so much of it is budgeting and the changes of life and and other uh, things that have inflated but it's like have you ever noticed how no matter how much money you make you're always broke like that's how I feel well yeah because you you I mean I've been in a place in my life where I'm making way less money than I used to right and well that's because you're trying to be a YouTuber now <laughs> well it was before that that I started making less money. Um, (laughs) I don't want to get into the weeds too much here with my personal finances, Steve. Uh, But I don't know. When when I was doing real good, I didn't feel like I was behind. But then I was doing real good for only a couple of years. It wasn't like I was used to it. Right. But then, like, I mean, things are definitely thinner now, but I don't feel like I'm broke, broke all the time. I guess what I'm all I'm saying is, like, I think you you acclimate to how much you make. Yeah, I think if do, I you do what you can with what you have, and so it feels like you've are always maxed out your budget, right? And and so like you you personally, obviously, like obviously, I know you like right, right. for a long time, um, but a lot of people, you know, they they finally land, you know, they've got they've their kids move out or whatever, or maybe they don't have kids. Sure, one of the guys that oh my uh, kids move out, I'm going to buy a one, PRS. One of my kids or one of my kids, one of my coworkers was talking about being a dink. Right, double income, no kids. Yeah, and uh, and how he's going to be the full size candy bar house for Halloween, <laughs> and uh, because he's like because that's what you do when you're a dink. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? I told him that I am a. Then uh, you ask where he lives, and uh, they're going to stop by. <laughs> I told him I'm a cidic, uh single income, two kids. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, the point being that you know, regardless of where you're at, like you find ways to. To spend money. And maybe sure. that's because you're like, you invest more, you save more. So you're like, if I went from what I'm making now to making like $250,000 a year, you know, I would move out of, I would not be a renter anymore. Like right. I would, I would save until I could buy something. And if I budgeted properly, like I would have a down payment for a San Diego house in like five months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a bunch of money to make. Man. Um, but but the point, you know, the point being, like, even like small if you increments. Make that much money, Patreon, <laughs> hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> if you are making more money than you know what to do with, and you're like, I really don't want to invest in all of these corporations because I don't think they're CEOs of the you know these stock these big stock companies. I don't think the CEOs are going to do what I want them to do with their company. Just put that in the Patreon. Yeah. If you're set up where like instead of you know your 401k is stocked, and uh, you're like I got this extra you know five hundred dollars a month and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, just saying five hundred a month. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if you're making like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, I'm saying you don't you wouldn't. I'm saying I I think it would be a bummer if you just bought like. A PRS custom twenty four or right. twenty two or whatever. Like, I think you got to go at Treat least yourself. like John John Mayer, 
not John Mayer Silver Sky, like John Mayer, like that other one, e- Super Sor- Eagle, Super Eagle. Like you got to get up Why in that like that? six to ten thousand dollar PRS range. Right, right. No, if, if I was making two fifty a year, it would just be right here. I'd be calling up Paul and be like, "Hey, man, what do you think I should get?" <laughs> uh, at what? How much money do you need to make before you can call up Paul and be like? Hey man, uh, I want you to pick out a guitar and fly it to me, and bring yourself. I bet people do that. Bring I, yourself here, Paul. Maybe not with Paul, but with other builders. I bet it happens more often than we know. Uh, did you catch any of that auction that was going down for the Steely Dan guy? No. They sold. It was this auction going on like Tuesday or something, mm-hmm. and it was a thousand, a literal thousand pieces of gear. Wow, amps and guitars. And it was just ridiculous. This guy had probably like 20 guitars from Ian Anderson. Like this dude like made Ian Anderson. I saw, I saw Ian posting a few links to it. I just didn't ever like deep dive into the, the auction, but he had a ton of stuff like that where he just had like dozens of guitars and amps from single builders. Like that's what it looks like when a super rich dude buys stuff. Like I did the math on it. To have a thousand pieces of gear like that, mm-hmm. you'd have to be buying like two a week for ten years. Like I get a lot of stuff through here. I don't get two things a week, every week, most weeks. I probably get two or three things a month, yeah, around here, and it feels like too much to keep up with. Like imagine ordering and buying two things a week for ten years. Like there's no way he spent any time with most of it right but that's i mean that's rich guy life right there i feel like steely dan was one of those bands though where it's like you know there was like a level and certain artists have done this like the you like youtube isn't whatever regardless what you think about it where is he going with this like how the edge has still has like the chorus pedal on his board that he used for like the chorus right. of Streets Have No Name or whatever. Right, right. And, you know, he that's when they go, when they're alive on tour, he only uses that pedal on that one song. Um, because that was kind of like a thing that a lot of guys, I felt like, I don't know if that's the case now. I don't know any studio musicians who are famous. Sure. Tell, I, you know, I, I just don't read that stuff. Uh, but I know there's a lot Call of... Call us the edge. We'll be your friend. Yeah, I know there's a lot of stories uh, from, like, artists especially like in the steely Dan vein uh-huh. where it's like, Oh yeah, we're going in the studio. So like I knew I needed a 12 string and a telecaster and a strat. And so they just buy like 15 guitars to record like a 10 song album. And some of those guitars are like, Oh yeah, I just got this uh 12 string Martin for, you know, the intro to hotel California and you never hear it ever again on any song. Right. Right. I realize hotel California is not steely Dan. Uh, yes, you know. please don't write us. Yeah, we're not Dan fans over here. I don't know. Are you? Are you Steve? Are you a Dan fan? Um, the only Steely Dan song that I can think of offhand is "Reeling in the Years." Is that Steely Dan? I don't know. I think it is. Like I said, not a Dan fan. I don't care about no Steely Dan. I would so don't thought, don't hit don't slide into my DMs. I know I would. Talk I know Dan I would talk. hear Steely Dan on like classic rock radio and be like, "Oh, this is cool," but I never like really dove into it. They did a lot of like harmonizing guitars. I don't know. I don't Gosh, know. I don't know anything about Steely Dan. 
I don't want to say their name again. Can I read this email that we just got? Yeah, read it to me. Unboxing review video. I was checking out your videos here at uh, HTTP whatever YouTube link. And after noticing your 36,893 subscribers, good Lord, I thought you might be interested in one of our skincare clients. What? 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 Minimool is a small family-run business I like based in Los new, Angeles. I like this new bit where Steve reads unlikely sponsorships. This is from the Outreach Coordinator, uh, and they want to know if you will do an unboxing slash tutorial of one of their products. Oh, my gosh. For skincare? Uh, yeah, these are skincare sponges. Uh Speaking of skincare, are you using the? Have you used the soap from uh, from uh, Manscape? Manscape yet? No, I'll grab it for you before you go. Yes, I am wearing the underwear though. Nice. I don't think they're ever going to sponsor us again. How's the underwear feel? Very slippery. I, all my other underwear has been more of like a cottony fabric, right? And this is like a spandex. Well, it's sort like of thing. Uh, it's like a like dry fit, and uh, it, I can feel my pants sliding over it with oh, every move i make is that is that a nice feeling is it driving you crazy it feels like i got to cinch my belt down a little tighter to keep my pants from flying off because my pants will just fly right off and uh the thing I, that's the, how he got two kids <laughs> the thing that it, that's a little bit of a bummer is it doesn't have a fly oh i didn't even notice that when i put them on yeah i gotta pull my pants all the way down around my, around my ankles to they're go, definitely to go like in they're the definitely bathroom. like a more um well, like I said, it's like a dry fit, so it's like right. a, it's like a athletic. I feel like I could get I could get used to the feel of it, and I think uh, it definitely helps today. This super hot day. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. how hot it was? Oh my, dude! I busted out the ruler and I measured uh, seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> That's how hot of a one we're talking here. It was pretty close to that sun. Like usually we're talking like. A yardstick. This is seven inches. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, uh, I don't want to do makeup sponges, Steve. <laughs> Maybe I should just accept it and then just give them to my wife and then let let her do it. Never deliver on this sponsorship, which is super rude and sketchy. No, dude, we should get it. Well, the thing is, is you just gotta ask, tell them to pay, and then I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll no, unbox we'll the makeup sponge. Do it. We'll both right. do it, Steve. Make it make it worth my money. Someone's asked us recently if we put makeup on when we're recording. We should. We'd probably look better. Yeah, we'd look a little better. But we put makeup on. I'd, I'd get a. I'd put try to put on some contouring and make my nose look a little less crooked. I'd probably. Is your nose crooked? I don't know. People always say it's crooked. I guess it's a little crooked. I need to bring out those cheekbones a little bit. All right. You this know. next ad was sent by Kane Flores. Do something to make my eyes pop. Uh, excuse me. He said it's from Crappy Guitars. I want to look up this company, Crappy Guitars. Here's the one some of you have been waiting for. See it in action here. Uh, if you want to see it in action, then what you have to do is, boom, click this link. Slap the link. Slap the link. Ding that bell. Smash, smash link. Steve, you're stealing someone else's catchphrase. That's illegal. I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> checkmate youtubers <laughs> we're of course referencing this base that was made for davy 504 yes uh i want to say my piece on davy 504 say your piece there are youtube channels out there with musicians who have transitioned into being just kind of more general entertainment and so of course that gets them 
a much higher subscribership mm-hmm. and they're making a much, much better living than I could ever hope to, I'm sure. And of all of them, I feel like I like Davey 504. Oh, I loved it. I'm subscribed. I, I watch like, like pretty much I watch I most like, of his videos. I like his shtick. I like what he's doing. He's he's legitimately fun and funny when he plays. It's actually pretty pretty freaking great. And I watched him play this bass today. Yeah, I was I gonna, I was going to ask you if you've seen this video. And he made a fun jam out of it. It's yeah. not, I was sitting there thinking like, yeah, but I was like putting on my stop glasses like, yeah, but I mean, if this came on the radio, would I listen to it or would I change the channel? And then I was like, shut up, Ryan. This guy's having fun ripping and jamming. You, do you don't same. even listen to the radio, jackhole. Yes, I do. When I'm driving to the store for seven minutes at a time. Seven minutes in heaven, am I right? Probably seven <laughs> minutes trying to find a freaking station that's not running a commercial. I know, right? Jeez, don't get Woo! me started. Speaking of commercials, I mean, here's, about, a, here's a sponsor. I'm talking about grinding my gears with all these commercials these days, guys, right? All right, here's the crappy guitar site. Um, I wonder how he even found these people. I don't know. Maybe they reached out to him. Anyway, yeah, uh, Davey is fantastic. I like his catchphrases. And I think the thing that I like about his channel the most versus I can't say all other musicians turned entertainers. Um, but I feel like he's got the right balance of like dead, very deadpan humor. Cause I've watched some where it's like, yeah, they're like kind of musicians, but they're also, I feel like very aggressive, like very like aggressively cheery. Yeah. And then I think there's other ones that are just kind of like aggressive and it feels like you're a YouTuber. Why are you so like? Why are you so worked up about? But I think that's his whole stick. No, but I'm saying like there are other channels that like, like when Davey says like, uh, when people are like, oh, play, uh, play this, uh, you know, all guitar song on a bass, and then he does it, and uh, what twang th- one strings? Crappy guitars has all these weird one string guitars. Nice. Uh, where it's like, I feel like Davey, someone will be like, Davey, play this song. And then he'll pull out like a bass and play a song. That's like, you know, the stairway to heaven intro where it's like, Oh, you can't play this on bass. Cause it's guitar. And then he's like, checkmate guitarists. Right. And it's like, it's just, it's funny. Right. Whereas there are other channels who will be like, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. such and such professional musician. That's way more famous than me. You suck. How dare you be on a famous sports channel, whatever, whatever. And I'm just here on YouTube. It's like, you're not really that funny. You just sound like you're complaining all the time. It's like the angry rant thing or like the, like the Stevie T thing was just like making faces and doing a bad Jim Carrey impersonation. I mean, I wasn't going to name names, but that's literally who I I have no problem naming names when it comes to the, to Stevie T. I'll name that name. You just got him like five views. Well, maybe he he can throw me a couple of views someday. I don't know. Yeah, one we'll of these see. days, he's going to be like Ryan from Sixty Cycle Hum. He's just over here, like Ehh. that was my impression of CBT. It's never going to be better than that. Like what Steve just did. I mean, you are now the new Stevie T. You are Stevie R. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'd l- let's go back to this. I base. think we. We've we've we set our piece on these uh, crossover YouTube personalities yeah. that have found fame and fortune, and good for them because you know maybe now they can someone's, buy a PRS. Got to do it, yeah. Um, <laughs> they can buy a PRS in 1955. So this base is bananas. It's like uh, what, what is, is it? Thirty six strings. 
36 strings. I think it's basically four basically. 12 string guitars. Um, yeah. Also, or four was, 12 string basses. So it does go was, like super low. But it also goes guitar high. It does. Yeah, here's the thing. It's like, I was watching him play it and I was like, I don't think this is really a bass. Checkmate. Dady 504. Uh, well, I mean, this <laughs> I is. I think this is closer to like a dulcimer or even like a harp. This is definitely a Chapman stick territory. Oh, it's just a big old fat Chapman stick. But he for doesn't sure. actually tap. Even like the stuff in the middle, like he's playing chords. Yeah. I, and I think he. I'm, this thing has got to be a beast to try to play. And I think he, he put it to tunings and played it in a way where. He he did a legit good job playing this thing. Right, yeah. I was impressed. Because no, a little ex- jam he put together was yeah. a lot of fun. Who was that other guy that had like a 20-string bass put together? And um, then... Probably, are you thinking of Jared Dines? Maybe Jared Dines. The one where like the first company did it and... It was like a fraud. It was like, like a... Yeah, it was like a fraud. Uh, I remember watching him play that thing or someone play something like that and not being impressed. Just being like, yeah, you accomplished having a bass that has strings that are too low yeah but you're not playing anything of value with it like davy played a thing on this like a jam and he did every string and every fret really like he was all over this thing to the point where like i could hear the fret buzz on a lot of it yeah i was like this thing is not going to be perfect and it wasn't there's little buzzes here and there uh i commented on on the video i was like hey a little bit of buzz on a couple of those frets you might want to adjust the truss rod (laughs) 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 but i mean for what it was like he sincerely played this thing and made it sound great and i was impressed but i don't what is what do you do with something like this after you make your video (laughs) like does does i don't know he hang this on the wall like do you turn it into a coffee table? Just or flip something it like upside that? down, and it's a coffee table. You could surf on that thing. You take all the strings off. I could take that in, out in the water and surf. You on could that. put some wheels on the bottom and just skateboard all over town. Davy, hit me up. You could. You I could will uh, surf your base. The the way it's set up is you could probably take the body and uh, and then attach a sail to the neck and just do wind sailing. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would surf it upside down, like the fret side down, and the the frets would be to like break up surface tension on the water, the way like golf balls have dimples. They're speed frets, you know. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they decrease drag. I my video would be surf bass, how to play surf bass. <laughs> For real, Davey, hit me up. How do you pl- surf bass? Or would you just play like surf guitar parts on this? Bass? No, I would surf it as a surfboard. Oh, how to yeah, yeah. surf bass. I got it. All right. You got anything more on this? I don't. I, right, I'm well, just guys. Good job, Davey. You did it, and you did it well. Good job, crappy guitars. This thing is ridiculous, and I love that it's kind of like hobbled together, looking like it doesn't look like a crazy like gent machine, like other people's attempts at this sort of thing has been. Didn't Stevie T get one made too? I don't know. I don't really, I don't, don't like, really follow the channel. Everyone's been on this like mega amount of strings because it's ridiculous, ridiculous it's just thing. It's ridiculous, but they're all like, you're all doing the same thing, guys. Like, find something original to do. I feel like this should be the last one. Like, please don't anyone go like 49 string bass. You know, actually do a 69 string bass. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> a 69 string bass with 4.20k pickups. Boom!
Checkmate, internet. Oh my gosh. All no, right, well, I pull a, a, I a, a 69 string bass with uh with 42.0 frets. What? <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, I pulled out this six string bass a couple minutes ago. Oh, started noodling around. We're going into the money zone. Um, because you just threw on some D'Addario XT strings on this. I finally did it. Here's the empty package right here. There's the proof. I broke the seal. It's wide open. And the thing, my first impression with it is the moment I pulled the strings out and started putting them on the guitar is that if you hadn't told me that they were coated strings, thank listen, you, Steve. Listen to that tone, guys. The tone of an unplugged Mexican strat. Uh, if you had not told me that they were coated strings, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, these feel like a little different, but I can't quite place why. And you put these on today, today? I put them on today, today. Like today, today? Probably two hours before you like came two over. Two hours. Okay. So I will say that. Um, how does the, how does the three hour corrosion test it work? It feels Steve? great. And I've played many of your guitars the same day that you've restrung them, and this is easily the best feeling. Not, not kidding at all. I haven't slimed it yet. You have, you have had guitars where like you're where you've brought them to band practice, and I'm like, when's the last time you changed the strings on this? You're like, today, man. This this morning, <laughs> I was like, are you sure? I feel like my acidity has has wound down in my middle age. Me, I hope so. When I was a young buck, I had the sweat of a. Oh. Xenomorph. That was bad. So anyway, this thing feels great. Um, I, you know, with this light, and it's like such, what this feels like, it doesn't, they don't feel like, um, I'm, I'm freaking noodling. Yeah, I know. Put the guitar down, Steve. What it feels like is, um, it doesn't feel like coating. Because I've, right. I've played coated strings a lot on acoustic. It doesn't feel like coating. It feels more what like it, some sort of like oil treatment or something like that. What it feels like is fingeries. I don't know if yeah. you ever use fingers. Oh, you have like almond stick? Yeah, yeah. It's like that's what a guitar feels like after a fresh coat. Like when you just put that stuff on for like a, a few days afterwards. Yeah. Like it's got that refresh feel. But it's like straight out of the box. I, I guess like some people probably don't like that. But I don't know what's wrong with those people. Yeah, I'll just say, like, I haven't used coated strings probably in 12, 15 years, and this is a billion times better than what they used to be like. Because it used to just feel like like a nylon string with ridges or something right. like that. You know, like, they're just so plasticky, and they would come out of the pack almost already kind of dull. Mm -hmm. And they would stay the same and level of dull for a long time, where these sound like just new strings. Yeah, I... Uh, I before, you know, again, before we started recording, I was messing around with the Canaglia uh -huh. uh, with that Strat. And, you know, I wanted to get my base, basic bass level tone, B-A-S-E. Uh, and so I just had it plugged in and it sounded snappy. It sounded clean. Yeah. It didn't, they don't sound like coated strings either. They yeah. sound bright and snappy the way that a Stratocaster should sound. The way a Strat should sound. Anyway, nice. check out the link in the show notes. Go ahead on over to Dario. Yeah. Com. I ended up choosing that guitar to put them on because uh, it's a guitar I don't play terribly often. Mm -hmm. And so it just sits on the wall and kind of just builds up crust and rust from just the environment. Yeah. So I'm excited to see like, well, first I'm going to play this thing more now that's got fresh strings on it, but I'm excited to see how much life I can get out of these strings, like how long they will last. You right. Know? And I'm going to have a timestamp here now with this episode to know exactly how they do last. When I do need to change them, I'll go back and be like, wow, it's been 200 years. It's been <laughs> one week since I changed those strings. <laughs> I'm sure they'll last longer than a week. 
All right, this next topic was sent in by somebody. I hope so. <laughs> I hope you can find it because I didn't screen grab this one. Actually, you did. I did? Oh, you oh, did. Oh, just kidding. You didn't. Uh, this was sent in on the group. It was from It's a little bit of a somebody. sassy topic. There's some sass in there, right? Is it sassy? I think it was sassy. Stay tuned for this sassy topic, boys. Steve's been watching Letter Oh, it's from David Luna. So that's why I threw that at him. Uh, boys. I heard an interesting quote from Bob's Burgers. Essentially, Tina was selling a product... Uh, and to boost sales, she came out with a different version, but just called it Woodchuck 2 and said people would buy the same product as long as it had a higher model number. This is essentially the pedal world for me. Um, what do you think about that? I don't feel like it happens enough for me to complain about it. Like I know a lot of people complained about the Matt Knight 2 Boss Katana yeah. uh, that came out because they, you know, the, the first version has only been out for three years or whatever, and it's already had a, had a huge fan base and a lot of fandom around it. Mm-hmm. And then to come out with a new one, like people felt a little uh, shafted or whatever. But honestly, like I don't, I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, it's like but the angle that this made me think about is when I was first starting to get into pedals and fuzzes and stuff like that. I noticed that tons of fuzzes, specifically fuzzes, are marked Mark II, right? MK2, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, I assumed that was like a descriptor of like a circuit, like a specific kind of circuit or like a certain kind of component, like Dream right. or something like right, that. Right. And when I realized it meant the second version, I was like, really? That's what we're doing? <laughs> Where's all these Mark 1s at? Does it going to move on to the Mark 3? But it always seems to stop at the Mark 2 with fuzzes. What what's your hot take on this uh on this topic? I mean, I too? think a lot of I think I think a lot of uh pedal makers they make the first version and yeah, then they make a version 2. And if they like... haven't gotten it right in two tries, then well, oh, so the flip side of that is is uh like uh full tone, the OCD. Right. There was like Version one, version one point one, one point like there's like two point four. Like no, well no, they just came out with the OCD version two. Yeah, um, and I don't know, you know, offhand, I don't know what the They're differences like, oh, this are. This is there's a video- true version two, right? Okay. And so it's like everything in between, like from all these different, so you know, version one point, you know, one point one, one point two, whatever. Um, they were all visually the same right with like slight changes to the pcb or whatever like a component removed or a component value changed i i don't really know again and so i think the ocd that i had was version 1.4 or like 1.7 something like that i think i had a 1.4 the other thing that people that isn't um i think i saw some sort of video on this where someone was like at the time they're like Actually, there's been 12 total versions of the OCD. And well, they, an, another they pedal... They through all the different changes. Another pedal that's like that, though, they do a, they do pretty big graphic changes with all of the different versions is the Big Muff. Oh, sure. Like, I think the current... Not even including the I mean, Nanos. Like, just the Big Box Muffs. I think there's nine versions of the Big, big Box Muff. Dude, there's got to be more than that. Like, <laughs> there's so many. And they're re-releasing everything in the Nano size now. Right. And so now that they're like adding more muffs into the mix, 
more muffs into the mix. If we there ever might be title episodes be again, more. that would be a good one. I know, like the version that I have in there, it looks like one, like it looks like a version four, but it's because right. I think version four and version seven or eight, which was like the ver- one that I have in there, is like the one that was called like the NYC Big Muff. Yeah, from like the early two thousands. And those were just uh, cosmetically the same as ones from like the 80s, but they had like different labels on one knob. Here's my question. Yeah. As a consumer, do you care if you've bought something and then the version two comes out? I think it only matters that duration, which is probably why, you know, you're saying with Katana people, like, I think, I think a lot of people with amps, they expect them to be the same for longer. Right. And that anything that would be different. Um, significantly different would just be a new model. I think that's right. the thing that has changed a lot also with digital uh, digital amplification, digital pedals, is you just like... Update it. If you've updated it, you just make it a new version. Right, right. Um, I know like for uh, Matthew's effects, a lot of the differences between the version two and version threes of pedals... Um, yeah, it's significant. At least from a, a functional standpoint, like the switches have moved to the sides... Uh, there are like major cosmetic upgrades on some of them. I, I think some of like the digital ones, the the coding has changed. So those are different. Yeah. Um, but I, think, I, but- I think we're used to a thing, an, a world where it's like, oh, you released a fuzz pedal? Well, your next fuzz pedal should be like, if your first fuzz pedal was a Big Muff circuit, then your next one shouldn't be an upgraded Big Muff circuit. It should be right. like... Uh, fuzz face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in the case of the katana thing, the thing people need to realize is it's not just an amp. It's an amp that fills a it's very a way of life, a very specific uh, uh, price point and place in the market. And when they came out with the katana, there wasn't much else on the market that could compete with it at that price right. point. And then since then, Fender's come out with the Champ Fifty XL. Uh, things like that, you know, Black Stars edging into that territory. Uh, you know, ver- various amp manufacturers are making something that fills that role, and I think it was necessary for Boss to be to up the ante mm-hmm. while keeping the core sounds and the core features of the Katana and that price point. I mean, they only raised the price thirty bucks on the fifty, and it's still like. A super cheap bang for the buck sound great in a band like amp like it's undeniably like a gigable amp for its price point and i so i i, I think that we'll probably see at least one more version of the katana in the next decade what do you think so like keep up with market you what know? do you think is more frustrating the fact that boss has like katana and they uh, does the mark katana mark ii actually say mark ii on it yeah I I'd never look, I didn't look. It's that got two lines underneath the katana uh, symbol to stand for Mark II. Really? That's the difference. Yeah. So basically, you have to really be paying attention. No, I think it says it on the on the okay. the the top um, too. There's one in the other room if you want to check it out. Later. No, I know. Uh, um, the the thing that I was going to say is, do you think it's more frustrating when a company makes a product and then makes um just another version of the same product and just calls it Mark II? Or when a company makes like fifteen versions of the same product, all uh, electroharmonics, all like different names. Oh, 
Or like, or they just keep reusing the same name over and over again. Well, here's my pitch. I'm thinking of Fender. Like, I feel like the Fender. Oh. Like, is there really that much difference between like the Fender frontman and the Fender like Champion 300? Sure. Or whatever. Uh, well, like, that's all. That's what I'm talking about. Like that that price point, that beginners like thing. They're always trying to find like the new thing to push or whatever. Yeah. Um, because the person shopping in that price point a lot of times is a new person who's looking for new product and they're susceptible to new marketing. Yeah. Um, the thing I was going to say is I think the thing that bothers me most about these multiple versions is not like, Oh, I just bought the other one or I still have the other one. Now I feel like I'm shafted or whatever. I just feel like marking something two mm-hmm. or Mark two or version 1.8 or something like that is so lazy like if, if I had a pedal company, I would do it like movie title fame, and it would be like, uh, you know, like uh, Walrus came out with the Iron Horse 2. Okay. Instead of calling it Iron Horse 2 or version 2 or whatever, I'd be like Iron Horse 2, The Reckoning, you know, or something like that. <laughs> like really lean into it. Uh... Iron Horse 2. Back to the horse, you know. <laughs> no, it's got two horses on it now. Uh, you know, like so. Basically, what you're saying is, is instead of just giving it like a clinical model update name that has been used in like really featured product it. designs for years, you would just go full theatrical. Like this is a new product, guys. This is a different movie. This is like a like like it's all the same characters are back, even the one that died. Maybe your first, maybe your first one could be called Katana. If Boss was savvy, the first one would you be called totally, Katana. The second version would be called Katanas. You could totally do a line of muffs where you start with like the Civil War muff. Where is this going? And then you do a prequel muff that's like a based on a muff before the Civil War muff. You know. <sighs> Has anyone does an, an, an anti an antebellum muff? Has anyone done uh, a Civil War muff with Marvel graphics on it, with like Iron Man and Captain America like scowling at each other? Probably that'd be a, a fun graphic. That's what I'm talking about. Like, have fun with it. Don't just be like, "Oh, this is the second version. Oh, we added a little bit of change to the tone stack, and uh, you know, this switch here." You come out with a pedal, just sli- slightly different mid characteristics. Like, no, like. Friggin' like this thing is like, guys, one of the diodes is going to die at the end, but we're not going to tell you who. Oh, my gosh. What if you just went like full thematic and you had a line of pedals and your first pedal was just called? Um, Snape kills Dumbledore. No. <laughs> yeah, each one of your pedals is just a, a, pedal, a movie spoiler. A pedal pun on the Harry Potter series. So instead of the first one being like, well, no, you already have like, uh, like Pigtronics has the philosopher's tone. Uh-huh. And then they should have made like a version two of that called, um, I don't know what the second Harry Potter book's called. Uh, what? I don't know. Why, either, why did dude. I do this? I wanted to make this Star Wars theme. So like if it was Walrus Audio, the first pedal would just be like Iron Horse. And then the second one would be like Iron Horse 2, Walrus Strikes Back. Walrus Strikes Back. And then Iron Horse 3, Return of the Walrus. <laughs> return, of the, return, return of the Iron Horse. And then they do a prequel, set of prequels. Oh Iron, my gosh. Iron Horse 1, The Phantom Walrus. And now you've got to start calling the first one the fourth one, and everyone's all upset about it. I'm just saying, get more creative with this stuff. It doesn't have to be movie things, but, you know, like, 
or like do it like automotive style and release a new version every year and be like, oh, this is the uh, this is the nineteen ninety eight OCD. Here's the nineteen ninety nine OCD. Like every year, like you launch that new hotness and everyone lines up on January first to get it. You know. What if you didn't say anything about the year and you just did it all gener like you just gave them the same name and you'd have to look on the piece. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of like number based. Well, so I'm thinking of like, so I drive a Corolla and I think the current, I don't, I think I want to say like the current Corolla is like generation 13. Right. And so they'll, they'll produce, you know, I think, uh, like the Corolla from like 2001 to 2007 or something we're all the same bodies and that's how like the the generations are generally uh viewed right right by body style by body style yeah just some thoughts out there guys do a new case design i think that's lacking in the in the pedal world right now is case design look at that thing this is beauty it's wood like everyone's using the same freaking boxes like invest in your brand, get some custom boxes made. Like the way that that a Klon has that custom box, yeah, that's iconic. Or like Thorpey effects. Thorpey effects have a custom box. Boss, Boss has a custom box. Like that's how you get yourself to be iconic. Like stop putting stuff in the same box that everyone else is using, and get creative, get custom, invest in your branding. That's my pitch to pedal builders coming into twenty twenty, guys. Yep. We're getting close to 2020. At 2020 NAM, I want to see fresh boxes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, you. Pound, <laughs> pound them boxes, boys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Last ad? Uh, no, let's do some quick housekeeping. Housekeeping? Grab that box down there for me. You're talking about boxes. Uh, oh, no, we're not doing any of that, of that this oh, one. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Um but we got some housekeeping, so big thanks to Stephen Shipman who is supporting the show at the one dollar level. A thing we're doing at the end, and I'll say this again in a couple minutes, is uh, if you support the show, you're going to get your name on our end credits. We might not get it up right away because that was there's a new a, thing. A, always a little delay, but you're going to get on there. We're that was, at that was a new thing last I week. I think we have like five columns right now. I want to make that font so small that you can't actually read it. No, if we if we push it into where I have to scroll the names, that's success. There we go. Yeah. All right, uh so thank you Stephen Shipman for supporting the show. Not uh, that we every, aren't successful. Everything everything counts. $1, $2, $500, whatever. Um this, everything counts. This last in small ad, amounts. That's a song. Yeah, I know. Uh who's that by? Depeche Mode? Okay, cool. Uh Maybe not. This last song, this last song, this last ad was sent by Greg Dodd. Or as they say, or no, Greg uh, Dodd, or as they say in the United States, D-O-D-D. Um, <laughs> this is a modified vibrato telly in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, is it Regina or is it Regina? I think you're mispronouncing the first letter. I think it's Vagina. The location. You got a lot of blue humor here at the end of the episode, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it Regina? I think it's Regina. I've heard that before. I think it's it's named after this town is named after Queen Victoria. Is it really? Yeah. I have no idea. Because she was like the queen. They call like her name was like Queen Regina or something. Regina. You, you know what they say? You learn something new about a queen of another country every day. I tried just to putting anyways. this out there for feelers. A super dang cool project I did. Mustang Bridge and Offset Vibrato. 
keeps this bad boy nice and in tune. Seymour Duncan, hot stack in the bridge, custom fit case, worn out. Sale contingent on agreeing to check with me before resale. It's very important to me that the, he go, he goes to a good home. Hey, props to this guy for giving uh, his guitar masculine a, pronouns. a masculine pronoun. Yeah, you don't see that a lot, and that's I you know it's it's Refreshing. so rare that it, it kind of is. I want to point it out, even though someone will probably say it's yeah. dumb. He's like, this is my buddy, or this is maybe yeah. he's like, this is my boyfriend. Uh, I don't want this going too far away. I just have too many sweet guitars. So, yeah, that first point is is fun, is that to him that this is a masculine guitar, when it's so, like, cliche at this point, like, oh, here she is. Here's my lady. And it's like, it just feels gross. Well, this I'm going to grab her by the neck and make her scream. Oh, my gosh, shut up. Just you joking about it feels gross. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is... Like kind of oh yeah here's my guy, like it. What does it say that that doesn't feel grossly sexual? It feels more friendly. Yeah, because there's nobody going. Because there's nothing about this that makes it read like you know he's got a vibrato on it. He didn't go that way, and he it. doesn't say he says it's important to me that he, he, like he could have flipped this and then been like just putting this out there. You super, can yank that bar all super, night long. Super dang cool project I did. Must, uh, super dang cool project I did. Uh, it's very important to me that he goes to good home. Mustang Bridget offset bravado means you can tug that tug on that rod all night long. Yeah, tug that wang bar. Yeah. It's super stable. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready to blow his stack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, there's too many bad jokes coming into my mind now. But, uh, I mean, I think the more notable thing about this is the guy's angle. I mean, besides us exploring this really interesting homoerotic angle with this guitar, um, uh, his whole angle that, like, I don't think this guy wants to sell this. No. Like, he wants, he want, if you buy it from him, he wants you to check with him before you sell it again to make sure you're selling it to the right people or to make sure he doesn't want to buy it back or something like that. And he wants to make sure it stays close to him. Like geography wise, like that's a weird detail. Like if, if those are the things you're requesting in your ad, you don't want to sell man. Don't sell it. The thing that's funny about this is Keep this um, guitar. as I've been developing uh, super rich Steve as a as like a character as a standalone character um, for that spinoff you're gonna do yeah uh, from for my uh, my show if the, the, is this the Big Bang Theory and then Super Rich Steve will be the young oh my young gosh. show the story of how Steve came to uh, be regular Steve in the garage with me the whole life previous was Super Rich Steve and oh, now he's just a regular schmuck doing a guitar oh, podcast. Man. Um, no, uh, so I think it's an important thing in the development of super rich Steve as, as like a bit, a bit character that super rich Steve is like just a raging douche, but only to people who like super deserve it. Does this guy deserve it? And as I read this, like part of me is like, cause super rich Steve would buy this and then like ship it to, uh, India where it would get fed into a wood chipper. It's like class, like undeveloped super rich C would be like, Oh, this guitar is your buddy. You want him to go to a good home? I'm going to smash it in your home. <laughs> but then like develop super rich Steve is like, 
no, you can keep your guitar. Like, right. Super developed, super rich. He would be like, how about I pay you $750 to not sell your guitar? We haven't even seen Super Rich Steve's final form yet. Like, this is getting <laughs> really compelling. I cannot wait. Super Rich Steve is going to come in here and he's just going to be like, Kamehameha! Like, Super Rich Steve right now is using 12% of his brain. 12%. Power he's, level is not over 9,000. You don't want to know what's going to happen when he gets up into 50%. 100% Super Rich Steve will be like, one with the universe. Someone makes some was me- that a meme reference? You're some- referencing a meme there, weren't you? Make some memes out of this, guys. <laughs> Super rich Steve memes. You just got to screen grab Steve's face and then do that thing with the brain, <laughs> with like the brain exploding with. Light. It's got to be like, like just different faces, yeah. or I'm like straight face and then like progressive smiles. I yeah. Anyway, I. Mean, I- this guitar looks really cool. I wish you would have said more about like what the parts are. I mean, it's a it looks like a proper Fender that he's done mods on. I like the concept of putting an offset. Uh, well, that, trim the on. trem is even like a proper Fender trem. Yeah, and it's a and he put a a Mustang bridge on there too with a cool like bridge plate for the bridge pickup. Yeah. I like the look of that blade pickup in the bridge. Uh, I think it's really classy. I think he did a classy job on this, and I don't think he should sell it because clearly he loves it. So, dude, don't sell your guitar. I think this is um, a Mexican neck, but honestly, I can't tell. It looks really nice, though. Yeah, I mean, seven fifty. Like, I'd have to know more details to know if that's a fair price. If this started out with MIA parts, then I feel like it's a, a really fair buy. If this is Mexican parts, then like, I don't think the concept is. I don't think uh, it's there. Like, you, you're you're gonna pay normal guitar prices for this even though it looks like it's well done one thing he says is that this is a custom fit case um but whatever was living in this custom fit case is originally was not this guitar i think originally it had maybe a um like a single cut LP uh, thing. i'm thinking it originally also had a telecaster but it had like a 72 style uh because i'm looking at where the where the felt oh yeah there is used to be a top switch there yeah yeah um, you're probably right so that's kind of when I read custom fit case, I was thinking it was like custom for this guitar. It might be custom for a Telecaster, but not this one specifically. Yeah, I mean, it does look like a cool case, but I don't know for seven fifty. Like I like I said, I'd have to know more about this guitar. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right, this week's song was sent by Jake Anderson. Um, let me grab this hook up here. Hook it up, Steve. It's called uh, Weekend. He says, "Hey boys." Here's a demo of a song me and my band Enclosures are working on. Did he really say hey, boys? He did. All right. Um, enclosures, which is funny because enclosures are what the, uh, the uh, what I call the title. No, anyway. All right. I'm, I'm on the bass playing an American Performer Series P-Bass through a Fender Rumble. The lead guitarist is playing a Gibson Les Paul Studio through an AC30. Rhythm is a 74 SG through a Fender Hot Rod. Big fan of the show. Thanks for keeping Hawaiian shirts cool. Not sure if that's actually true. It's but. not. I mean, I'm keeping them. I don't. I couldn't say they're cool. But play that song, Steve. It's in stereo. Come around. Don't pretend that it's a secret. 
That was oh, fun. That's a neat little ending there. Yeah. All right, I like guys. The, I like the hook. I mean, what are you doing on the weekend? I don't know. Steve, come on. Tell me. It's Thursday. I'm working this weekend. Damn. I'm dude. working on Saturday, and then I'm playing bass on Sunday. I think I'm going to play guitar on Sunday. I think we've got family plans Saturday. All right, guys. Have fun. Later, guys. Stay, Stay grounded. grounded.